Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It is uh, 6 August 2017. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And uh, let's see here. I got a couple things to uh, say. The first is that I have a bandana on from uh, my uh, friend, uh, Master Sergeant Biggenheimer out. I think it's March Air Force Base, or it's Air Reserve Base nowadays. And uh, he sent me this. It's an Air Force bandana, which I was Air Force. So I very much appreciate that. And I uh, also have something. I might as well uh, bring this one up to you right now, is that if you have not seen... This series, it's called Against All Odds, okay? I had seen one or two of these on like TBN or something years ago, and I had not seen it. This is um, not my set. This is Bob's. He's gone for the week, but uh, he let me have this, and uh, I watched it. It is really wonderful. It tells you the story of Israel. It, It tells you the miracles that have taken place, and when you listen to it, you will be astonished. I'm telling you, there are some really amazing things which have occurred, and uh, uh, it's, it's a really good series. I'm going to leave this here until Bob gets back. If he says you can use it, then you can borrow his. But um, anyway, I just want to let you know that if you are watching online, this is a really, really good series about Israel. So there you go with that. And then I have uh, somebody to highlight here this week. Um, Really, really nice guy. He emails me quite often with uh, questions and praises and, you know, life in general. And his name is John Norton. He's in Elizabeth Park, South Australia which is about 35 minutes from Adelaide City. And uh, he says he watches the updates every Monday in the morning. Then he was brought up in an atheist household, but he knew from about the age of seven, this is just a little boy, he knew that we had an incredible loving God just by observing how awesome creation is. And so, yeah, I mean, even a child can tell this. Psalm 19 spells it out for you, if nothing else. But he went out, looked outside, and he says, I know there's a God out there. Uh, He said he became a Jehovah's Witness around the age of 20, but quickly realized they were a false cult. Well, when I first met the Lord, I didn't, I'd never seen anybody open the Bible and read it. And so I went to the Job's Witnesses because I saw they opened their Bible and read it. And I was there for about three months, and I quickly realized that they are a false cult. But if you don't know your Bible... You can be suckered into anything. That is, and I'll talk about that in one of our uh, points today down in the Christian section. You have to know the Word of God in order to be protected from false interpretations of the Word of God. Thank goodness this guy figured that out. Uh, this, however, left me disillusioned with organized religion, and I fell into drug abuse and promiscuity, thinking I'm a dead man walking with no hope. I didn't forgive myself for the things I did, so I couldn't accept God's forgiveness. But something changed late in uh, 14 or maybe 2015. I hit my knees in tears asking God to show me I could be forgiven. And God put on my heart. He said, are you calling me a liar, John? Yes, my son's blood is more than sufficient to pay for your sins. I thank Abba Father for so much for saving me out of this dark, dark world and saving me from myself. My twin boys, Jack and James, are now growing growing in their love for God and his creation. I've been purchased with a price. Never, never do we go back to a dead world. And he says, thank you, Jesus, and love you, brother. Love you at the superior word. So there you go. Wonderful guy, and uh, it's an honor to uh, send our love all the way back to uh, uh, Elizabeth Park, South Australia. And then I have um, our first category, as always, is Israel. 
And before I get into that, I want to say that uh, somebody has sent me some of her tracks. This, her name is Cynthia. I don't want to give her last name without permission. But she does tracks specifically directed to the Jewish people. And these are high-quality tracks. I mean, she does them herself, but they are high-quality. Um, if you want to look at them, if you know a Jew that uh, could be uh, proselytized, please come and take one and give it to him. But the reason why I'm saying this is because if somebody has a Jewish person in their life that wants these tracks, email me, and I will send you the ones that she has emailed me. Or maybe you can write her if she gives the permission and she can send them to you. And I, you can, you know, I'd ask that you would cover her costs because uh, uh, she's done this out of the goodness of her own heart. And uh, I'm not soliciting anything for her or anything like that. I'm just saying that, that uh, if, you know, you asked for something, you should probably send her money for it. But anyway, these are really high quality and they came in the mail today. And I'm telling you, they are outstanding. So please let me know if that's something that you have a need for because they're directed specifically to Jewish non-believers. Okay. Um, our first article today is from the Times of Israel. Fakistinian payments to prisoners, martyr families now equals half of its foreign aid. This is the new budget, and it's gone up again. According to the Fakistinian Authority Finance Minister's 17 budget, 2017 budget salaries to incarcerated and released Fakistinian prisoners, many of whom are convicted terrorists, will amount to $153.4 million. That's an increase of 13% over the previous year. The new budget also <laughs> allocates $190 million plus for payments to so-called families of martyrs, up from $174 million allocated in 2016. So it's just getting worse. It is uh, death on demand, and then when they kill somebody, they get rewarded for it. It is something that we should not be supporting in this nation. We'll talk about that in a couple minutes. From the Times of Israel, all of this trouble that's been going on over the, the uh, Temple Mount in the past few weeks, I haven't brought it up because the whole world knows about it, but I thought I'd give you a little something that maybe you haven't heard. The Fakistinian Authority is said to offer $20 million in subsidies to East Jerusalem. Fakistinian Authority has reportedly earmarked $20 million to support East Jerusalem Fakistinians in the wake of mass protests over Israeli security measures around the Temple Mount compound. In other words, they incited them and said, if you have to close your businesses because of this, we will take care of you. So it was it was orchestrated by them. And guess what? I don't think I have it in today's uh, update here, but they have now found an Iran connection to it as well. Iran is funding them in order to do this. And so all of this trouble that has happened has not been the Jews' fault in any way, shape, or form. Jews were killed. They put up security measures, and then they said, we're going to protest this, and we're going to get the world against Israel even further. It has all been orchestrated against Israel by these people. We had to just cut them off completely. That only works when there's suckers. That's right. It only works when there are suckers who believe it. And let me tell you, they're all over. I told you about the lady at the uh, car wash I was at not too long ago, and she was sold out, sold out anti-Semite. She was totally sold out to this Fakistinian thing. She, I said, what happens? What do you do if somebody comes up and stabs you? You have no right to defend yourself? And her answer was, I can't believe you said that, as if they have no right at all. That was no kidding. So this is something that people have in their heads, and it's just it, no, no thought process at all going on there. Just something uh, from an article. I'm not going to give you the title of the article or anything, but uh, in an article from CBN, Omar al-Abed, the guy who murdered the Jews a couple weeks ago in their home uh, for their Sabbath meal, Okay, he murdered seven-year-old Yosef Solomon and his two grown children will now start receiving a salary, which is in the area of about $4,000 a month. 
He slaughtered them. And I'm going to tell you what, if you see the picture of that house, there was blood everywhere, everywhere. He literally slaughtered them like animals. And they're now going to start paying this this terrorist and his family $4,000 a month, which most people in the U.S. don't make that. It's, you know, I mean, it's just insane. But okay, from uh, our Shiva, fake Palestinian ambassador to the U.N., he's speaking at the U.N., justifies the slaughter of that Israeli family, yeah. saying, how? well, how? how, you tell me, they have no shame, all right? From our Shiva, mother, mother of terrorists who slaughtered three and Halamish is arrested, the mother of this guy, okay, she made repeated calls for terror attacks against Jews. So they said, we're not going to take it. Your son's a murderer. You're telling him to continue this. They arrested her uh, from the Times of Israel. Military announces it will demolish Halamish terrorists' home. They're going to go in and they're going to demolish it. I have not seen that has happened yet, but $4,000 a month, they can build a new one over there for probably a half of that. And the rest of their life, they can live as princes and kings because they have killed a family of Jews eating their Sabbath meal, their Sabbath night meal. Anyway, from the Ynet, Prime Minister Netanyahu, the time has come to sentence terrorists to death. They're going to try to pass a law where that is now it. If you commit terrorism against Jews and you kill Jews, you are going to be executed, which is okay because they want to die anyway. Their family's going to get a stipend, so it doesn't matter to them. They think, they think they're going to get uh, 72 virgins on the way. And, uh, you know, it's just it's an it's a, a entire society built on death. That's all it is. From Mail Online, Babylonians, most people have seen this. If you haven't, it is very interesting. Babylonians did burn Jerusalem 2,600 years ago. This has confirmed the Bible. Jeremiah records it, the burning of Jerusalem. Charred wood, pottery, and bones found in the city of David confirmed scenes of devastation described in the Bible. They also found dozens of jars with stamped rosetta seals on them. The findings confirm the scene in the Bible which states that the Babylonians burned all the houses of Jerusalem. I'll read you one of, it's in 2 Kings 25, 9. You can go read that if you want. And it's also in Jeremiah 52, verse 13. And we'll get there right now. Jeremiah uh, 42, 46, 50. I'm going to lose my papers here. 52 and verse, where am I? I'm still in 51. 52 verse 13 says, He burnt the house of the Lord and the king's house, all the houses of Jerusalem, that is, all the houses of the great, he burned with fire. So there you go. Once again, the Bible has been validated. There is nothing, nothing in recorded history that has ever proven the Bible false. There are things in the Bible that have not been proven true. You can't use that as an argument against the Bible because there are a million things that have been recorded that have not yet been proven true. But there's nothing in the archaeological record or anywhere else that has ever proven the Bible false. Once again, it's validated with this. All right, from the Jerusalem Post, 26 Jews flee Venezuelan crisis to Israel. Okay, now this is once again in fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Ezekiel 36, 37, 38. I'm going to bring the people back. I'm going to do it in multiple ways. They're going to be back. I'm going to, they're going to have a standing army. Eventually the spirit will come down on them and they'll be revived. But all of this is in fulfillment of Bible prophecy. While thousands of their countrymen are heading over the borders to other Latin American countries, some Jewish Venezuelans have opted to use their eligibility for citizenship in Israel. 
The situation is very hard, Michael Levy told the Jerusalem Post shortly after arriving in Israel with her three children. I guess it's Michal Levy, not Michael. It's hard to uh, get basic things there like bread and flour, Levy said, adding that she had been afraid to leave the house due to the riots and for fear that a member of her family could be kidnapped for a ransom, a common phenomenon in the country. Several of the families who made Aliyah were in severe economic distress. An estimated five to 9,000 Jews remain in Venezuela, and the Lord is bringing them back, slowly but surely, exactly as the... He, he uses all types of ways to get them back, but those ways are being worked out. And one of the things is they have a right of return, and so that is a carrot to get them to come back. It's fulfilling Bible prophecy. Everything's happening as it should. From JBN, Israeli company Elbit. Anybody ever heard of Elbit? You will. Elbit Systems in charge of building the wall on the Mexican border. Woo-woo. Yes. When American uh, delegations came to Israel to visit the border between Israel and the Gaza Strip and Egypt, Elbit Systems displayed them Israel's border security methods and technology developed for the borders. For the Israeli company, it was an opportunity to come into the picture. Elbit was assigned to lead the project of building what was called the wall, but as a smart border between the U.S. and Mexico. The Elbit Systems Integrated Fixed Tower, which is IFT border security system, which passed the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Systems Acceptance Testing. This IFT system, located in the Douglas, Arizona area, marks the company's second successful deployment of the system, with the first occurring in the Nogales, Arizona AOR. So there you go. We've got Israelis doing their job for the U.S. because we can't do our own job. And then finally, very good news based on the first couple articles I gave you from Aretz Shiva, a Senate committee which is responsible for this thing, passes legislation cutting aid to the Fakistinian Authority. It passed in that committee 17 to 4. The four that voted against it should all be expelled from the Senate. But that does not mean that it is passed yet. That goes from the committee to the full Senate. They will vote on it. And then from there, the House has to vote on it. And then from there, the president will sign it. We are, I, I cannot see this not passing now that it has passed the Senate committee, that they will stop our money. It's the Taylor Force Act, a person that was killed over there, an American citizen, and they're paying that terrorist money because of it. Our money is no longer going to be used for this, and I hope this gets priority one in the Senate and in the House and gets right to the president's desk, and it gets signed so quickly that the paper actually catches on fire, and they need to get a fire extinguisher to put it out. That's what I hope happens, because this needs to stop. We need to stop using our tax dollars to pay for those wicked, vile people. All right. I don't know if they understand the word priority at all up in Washington. I, I, I'm so disappointed with what's going on and the... the pressure that is being brought against our president on so many angles. He is the strongest person ever to sit in the White House. He has to be because he has been attacked from all sides, the right, the left. He's being attacked by the lawyers and by the everybody. And yet he is standing firm. He's got a smile on his face. He's doing his job. I'm so proud of our current president. All right. From uh, Christian News Today. I want to thank, you know, I made an announcement about that Grace t-shirt last week, the Grace Cross, and I want to thank everybody. This girl emailed me, and she was so happy. She sent me little happy faces on Facebook all week. She said, did you say something to somebody about, and apparently later she watched the update and did find out that I did, but uh, she, I, I, I can't give the specifics of what this will do to help, but I will tell you that buying those shirts actually has a 
help, a benefit. And um, I, I have no permission to tell you what it is, but um, she also has not just Grace Cross t-shirts, she has Rapture Express shirts. You know, you, I'm, I'm on the Rapture Express, and this girl is on fire for the Lord. You go and look at her wall any day on Facebook, and it is Jesus all day long. So uh, it's M. Charlie, www.mcharlie.com. And I will put that hopefully behind me on the uh, video as well. But M. Charlie, if you need me to email you that information, I will. She was so grateful, and it was such a joy to uh, to get those little smiley faces all week. But thank you, everybody, that's done that. And um, this week, I've been going through, as you know, the um, book of 1 Thessalonians on a daily. I, I take one verse at a time, and I analyze it. I did the whole New Testament. I never saved it, so I started again with Romans, and now we're up to 1 Thessalonians. This week and next week will be 1 Thessalonians 4, the rapture verses. If you want to know if... It is a pre-tribulation rapture or a mid-tribulation rapture. If the rapture is no doctrine at all, if you want to know, I define this very clearly. I'm very explicit. I don't take things out of context. Everything is in the context of what Paul is saying in accord with other things. And you will be edified by these. I guarantee it. Um, I will say that if you are a date setter, if you're into this 23 September rapture coming and the Revelation 12 sign, you're not going to be happy with some of my comments. The Bible is explicit about not setting dates. It was the very last thing that Jesus Christ said before he ascended. It is not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father has in his own authority. Okay, And Paul repeats exactly that same phrase saying, it is, uh, don't, don't be ignorant about the times and the seasons. I misquoted that there. But we are explicitly told not to do these things. It is a disgrace to the name of Christ when it doesn't happen. We've had failed prediction after failed prediction for year after year after year, and it all it does is it brings a stain upon the name of Christ. If you want to know, though, if there is a pre-tribulation rapture, the Bible tells you, or if it's a mid-tribulation rapture, the Bible tells you. It is explicit. But the timing of those events is not for us to speculate on. People will find every reason to say, I should be looking into this. I should be looking into this. It is disobedience to the Lord. So please do not send me any more videos on Revelation 12 sign, rapture on 23 September, anything else. Don't send that to me anymore. It is against the word of God. We are to wait and we are to occupy and we are to tell people about Jesus. Okay? So please understand that. And if you don't like that commentary, the unsubscribe button is at the bottom of the, uh, the YouTube video. Okay? Okay, all they need to do is go to the Superior Word website, and every day under today is where that is. If you're my friend on Facebook, uh, if you don't defriend me because of what I just said, that's fine. Um, I also post them on Facebook. Send me an email, and I will send you the link so you can read it on Facebook as well. But those are the rapture verses. They're very important verses taken out of context by at least two-thirds of the people because some believe in a pre-trib, some people believe in a mid-trib, some people believe in a post-trib. Well, Two-thirds of them are wrong. There's only one truth in the Bible. And so how do you determine which is correct and which is not? Stay tuned for those things. And uh, one more thing before we get into the Christian section is the leprosy sermons that are coming up. We're now in Leviticus 13. It's dealing with the issue of leprosy. Just like the ones purification after childbirth, just like the ones with, with um, uh, you know, the sacrifices, every single thing in Leviticus points to Jesus Christ, everything. And when we get into the leprosy sermons today, if you are stuck in the Hebrew roots movement, if you think you have to observe the law of Moses, if you think that you are pleasing God by observing the law, then you need to watch these leprosy sermons because you are going to find out what the Lord is telling you. 
All right, it's not stretching anything. It is exactly what the Lord is telling us. Every Old Testament thing has a New Testament application. These people sitting here in this church and the ones that are streaming online now will understand this very clearly. I hope that you will watch those sermons as well. It's very important that you understand what the Bible says about the law of Moses, and it is very explicit what it says. So please watch those sermons. Our first article today is from Network Norfolk. This is over in England. Two Norfolk bishops to join Norwich Pride March. The Bishop of Thetford, Alan Winton, and Bishop David Gillette will be supporting and taking part in the march. Bishop Allen said, I'm very happy to be a part of the day and the march. It's important to me to be present because Christians and the church are viewed by so many people today as simply homophobic. All you need to do is read this word to find out what the Lord expects of us. There's nothing homophobic if you are honoring the Lord through his word. If you don't know what the word says, then you need to get into it and read it, okay? As a church, we have much to learn from the experience of LGBT people. What are you going to learn from them? To disobey the Lord? What's that? What not to do. Yeah, what not to do. I'll tell you, if you want to learn from the LGBT, LGBT people how to build diving boards, then pay attention to them. But if you want to learn how to honor God and to stay close to his word, then you get away from that type of stuff. All right. Here's another quote that he says. I firmly believe that God's love is for all people, regardless of their sexuality. Okay. That is 100% true. God loves all people, but it is 100% false, regardless of their sexuality. He must judge sin. He must. God doesn't love anybody more than he loves anybody else, but sin must be judged by God. If he doesn't judge sin, then it's not the God of the Bible. So he loves all people, but they must turn from that, and they must receive Jesus Christ and get away from those things. All right, mail online. Uh, Bronze Age DNA. If you saw this, I just want to give you some uh, some verses to that you can use as armor against people that will inevitably post this on Facebook, Okay. Bronze Age DNA disproves the Bible's claim that the Canaanites were wiped out. Study says their genes live on in modern-day Lebanese people. Okay, that's right on Mail Online. It went to the Independent. It went to several other very large newspapers. Until now, little has been known about the Canaanite people. Researchers have now analyzed the genomes from five Canaanites. They compared the results with the genomes of 99 modern people in Lebanon. The results showed that present-day Lebanese people derive over 90% of their ancestry from the Canaanites. Okay, this is why you need to know your Bible, all right? Judges 1, 27 through 33 explicitly says that not all of the Canaanites were driven out of the land of Canaan, okay? Secondly, it only pertained to the people in Israel. They weren't going up to Lebanon to drive out the Canaanites, okay? This only pertained to Israel, but even in Israel, it specifically says they did not drive out all of the Canaanites. Does anybody remember who David bought the Temple Mount property from? Arauna the Jebusite. Guess what? The Jebusites were Canaanites, okay? We have other people that are in the genealogy of David and of Jesus Christ who were Canaanites. Tamar, okay, she was the uh, wife or the the girl that uh, Judah slept with in order to have their children. Then we have Rahab the harlot. She was in the genealogy of David. Then we have Bathsheba, who David married. She was married to Uriah the Hittite. The Hittites were Canaanites. So even in the blood of Jews, there are Canaanites. And guess what? Even in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 15, 
verse 22, Jesus talked to a Canaanite woman. So when you are confronted with these type of articles on Facebook, be ready with your answer and take those verses and say, this is a stupid article. It is fake news. Okay, next article from uh, a friend named Burke. Okay, this is not an article so much as just what's going on in the Christian world right now in America. So my friend Burke, he sent me an email. He said, my wife and I visited Boston recently and passed by an old Episcopal church and decided to poke my head in because the architecture is typically beautiful to see. I was amazed to see a room full of at least 150 to 200 Middle Eastern looking men kneeling as if in a Muslim ceremony. An Indian gentleman approached me and asked if he could help and I asked what was going on. He explained, years ago, the main priest wanted this to be a church for all worshipers. So every Friday, an imam leads Muslims in an afternoon prayer and ceremony or teaching something. I asked where the women were, and he said the tradition dictated they be at the back far corner. Okay, this is, you can go online and you can see exactly, they have it on their weekly announcements, so they're not hiding it. You go to... uh, www.stpaulboston.org and then from there you can look up their worship and weekly services it's all detailed there Muslims infiltrating our church and the women have to sit in the back and all of that kind of stuff right there so I just want to let you know this is the state of the world that we live in today people that call themselves Christians who are as far from Christ as Satan himself okay mail online religious people cling to certain beliefs even when they contradict evidence because they are overly emotional and irrational. This is a study. This is, this is so true. This is so absolutely true that I had to include it. I'm going to read you the title again. Religious people cling to certain beliefs even when they contradict evidence because they are overly emotional and irrational. I've said this on at least a thousand prophecy updates. You never base your theology on emotions. It is the shallowest part of the human being. If you are basing your theology on what you emotionally believe to be true or not true, then you are making a fundamental error in your theology. Okay, I brought up the issue of King James Olneyism one time, and I lost 3,000 subscribers in a single week because it, it, the evidence is right there. I've got the website with all of the errors listed. I've got the website with the original preface to the King James Version on it, and it tells you in their original preface, use other versions, don't make this error, don't make that. And if you show it to them, it's as if they're not even reading it. They will completely disassociate themselves from what theology says, okay? And you get this with any issue. If you are a pre-tribulation rapture believer and somebody presents you evidence for a mid-tribulation, even if it's valid, you're not going to believe it. Vice versa. Mid-trib and you show them a pre-trib, they're not going to believe it. We make emotional decisions based on what we have taught. What is that called? You know. Vic does. What's it called? Cognitive dissonance. I am presented with something, and I'm not going to believe it. It it challenges what I have already been told. I loved my first pastor, and he said this, and I cut it off. You are never to do that. When I type a sermon, the first thing I do is forget everything I know about that passage. I don't want to know anything about what I had in my head before because I may be wrong. And so I sit down, and I evaluate it word by word from the Hebrew, and that's what comes out. Whatever the Lord shows me based on the roots of those words is what the Lord is telling me. Even if before I had no idea what it was saying or if I had a presupposition about what it was saying, you always set your 
opinions and biases aside, or you're going to be wrong in your theology. Let me read the article. Study found individuals hold on to faith because of emotional resonance, or we would call it cognitive dissonance. Militant atheists are negative about religion because they have analytical brains. People have two brain networks, one for empathy and one for analytical thinking. In healthy people, their thought processes switch between the two. But when we get emotional about our theology, we shut everything off. And Jehovah's Witnesses really, really, really will not hear you when you tell them the truth, even if you present it in black and white from the Bible, because they have this cognitive dissonance. Mormons, you show them where they're wrong in their theology, they shut down. We are not to do that. We are rational human beings that are to use both sides of our brain in order to make a decision, okay? People don't want to hear that. They want to listen to prophecy updates. They want to hear all the bad news that's going on in the world and feel I'm superior to you, and they don't get into any theology at all. That is a waste of your time in Jesus Christ. It's an absolute waste. You need to be in the Word, and you need to study what He has told you because it's the only way that we can know how to properly live. Without this book, we cannot know how to properly live in the presence of the Lord. So never depart from this word. All right, next uh, article. Nat Geo. This man claims he is Jesus Christ reincarnated. I've seen about five articles on people that claim to be Jesus in the world today. I just picked one of them. To mirror his continuity with Jesus Christ, the one who came from Nazareth, his name is Henry. Why did I pick this article today? Because of the previous article that I just read, the cognitive dissonance. There are people that are following this man. 300,000 followers are following him. Yes. Well, he's not just claiming it. He's got an entire church. They watch him streaming online. They hold to him. And they have emailed me. I get emails from people because I have a a Christian website. And they've said, this is the the Messiah. And you can take right out of the Bible and you can say, this says that he is not the Messiah. And they completely disassociate it. And here's some of the reasons why they do that. Here we go. Um, He calls himself Enri, which is the title that was above Christ on the cross, the Latin, Isus Nazari Rex uh, uh, Yehudim, which is Enri. Okay, anyway, Enri is known to reminisce publicly about his earlier life 2,000 years ago. But a lot has changed since the days of the gospel. He loves technology and reinterpreting the final verses of the Bible in light of modern inventions. For example, in Revelation 1-7, where Jesus is promised to be coming with the clouds, okay? Now think of a person that you say, Jesus says he's going to come with the clouds. How does How do you defend against that when they say this? He takes it to mean that he is free to travel in the world by airplane. And they, yeah, so they they say he's the Messiah, I'm going to follow him, and they cut off any rational thought process at all. It's laughable, but this is what we all do when we are unwilling to open the Bible and say, the Lord has this to say to me, instead of what my pastor told me when I was 12, okay? So, he takes to mean that he is free to travel the world by airplane. The verse continues that every eye will see the coming Messiah, which to Henry interprets as a mandate to spread his message on television and the internet. He preaches on YouTube and on Facebook Live, on which he has over 330,000 followers. The other four or five claim messiahs out there have equal numbers, and these people are completely deceived because they are, yeah, hooking the jaw and just take them outside. It's very sad. But this is, this is why it's so important to not get stuck on something that is probably not true. If something, I, one thing that I tell people in Bible class a lot, and you need to understand this, is that if it says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If it says anything else in your theology than that, then it's not proper. 
such as King James Onlyism. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him and reads the King James Version only will not perish but have everlasting life. Take whatever your pet peeve is in Jesus Christ and insert it there. And if it doesn't fit because it's not written in there, then it is probably inaccurate. Okay, we could go into a thousand little pet peeves that legalistic churches have where they say you can't do this, you can't do I attended a church where you couldn't drink beer, you couldn't dance, you couldn't do any of these things in there, and it's because they have taken the Bible and they have inserted their presuppositions into it. You are never to do that. Never. But this is what happens. I I would rather have 10 people on YouTube watching these prophecy updates that were theologically sound than 150,000 hits a week saying that the rapture is going to happen on 23 September. Okay? You have to be theologically sound, and it's only going to come from this source. Islam today. Fox News. ISIS squeezed out of Iraq and Syria, now regrouping in Libya. As And why am I bringing this in? Because Libya is part of the nations coming against Israel and Gog, Magog. Okay, We have this solidified already. We know that these people are, are under the influence of Iran. We've talked about it, and Iran is over there. Russia is over there in Libya, and these things are starting to come to pass. As the IS terror network loses territory across Iraq and Syria, analysts and experts assert that it is capitalizing on the chaos of Libya, positioning the country as its point of resurgence. The outfit is believed to be regrouping and recruiting in the rural regions south of the main east-to-west coastal highway and in the far west town of Sabrata, which is poised just 60 miles from the Tunisian border. Since being run out of its caliphate, capital of Sirt last year, Colonel Ahmed al-Masari, spokesman for the Libyan National Army, told Fox that ISIS first appeared in Libya at the end of 2013, right in the middle of our president's meddling over there. At the end of 2013, even before its dominance in Iraq, listen to this, born out of the Muslim Brotherhood-affiliated militias, who is it that's been in the White House for the past eight years? Who is it that uh, he supported in Egypt? The Muslim Brotherhood. And al-Qaeda dissidents in Libya's eastern port city of Derna near the Egyptian border. It is all coming into play because of what was set up by our previous administration. Our current president is doing everything in his human capability to undo what has been done, it will not be effective in this part of, of uh, prophecy, okay? This is going to happen. In the United States, we have no idea what's going to happen. We're, we're just waiting. The United States is not mentioned anywhere in Scripture, all right? It is focuses on Israel and those who are directly around Israel. That's where the, the focus of prophecy is, but it was all orchestrated in the past eight years. We'll go on. But over time, ISIS has seemingly moved its operatives from the eastern Egyptian border and now appears to be clustering closer to the western Tunisian side. The terror faction has recently established camps around 25 miles east of the town of Bani Walid, as well as south of Sirte. Joseph Fallon, Islamic extremism expert, concurred that ISIS has retreated south of Sirte to regroup and that its global threat cannot be underestimated. Here it can jeopardize Western interests through guerrilla warfare sabotaging Libya's oil fields and ports and listen, and through calculated use of terror to unleash a mass migration of people to destabilize neighboring countries and Europe. What do you think they've been planning all for the past eight or ten years, okay? Actually longer than that, but it's really come into full force in the past few years. A prominent portion of Libya's oil fields and reserves are located south of Sirt, along with major refineries. The country is home to Africa's largest reserves, and its optimum quality of light crude is highly sought. 
Despite its ongoing political crisis, production in Libya last week climbed to around 885,000 barrels per day, triple its production this time a year ago, making the region even more important to the global oil equation, and ISIS's presence there ever more troubling. It is all being lined up so quickly to fulfill what the Bible said was coming 2,600 years ago. BBC, you probably heard about this guy. Hamburg supermarket knife attack leaves one dead. If you didn't hear about it, there was another knife attack in Hamburg. Next article is the reason why I included it. Hamburg supermarket attacker was known Islamist. They knew he was, and they didn't do anything about it. But here's what they said at the end of the article. He was known as an Islamist, but not a jihadist. Oh, like they're dividing it. They're using semantics to justify that they didn't arrest this guy. And Hamburg's interior minister said, noting that the suspect also had psychological issues. Every single time that this has happened, they blamed it on psychological issues. Once again in Germany, somebody is stabbed dead because of somebody with psychological issues. What does that tell you? It tells you that Islam is a psychological issue. If that's what they say, then that must be the case because every single time it has happened the same. Independent. Russia to stay in Syria for another half a century as Putin signs airbase deal with Assad regime. Mr. Putin approved the agreement after the two chambers of the Russian parliament backed it earlier this month, according to the government's official information portal. The document says Russian forces will be deployed at the Himeman base for 49 years with the option of extending that arrangement for 25-year periods. The base has been at the heart of Moscow's military foray since it intervened in the conflict in September 2015, helping turn the tide in favor of Assad, one of Russia's closest Middle East allies. So they are there, they are going nowhere, and it is fulfilling Bible prophecy once again. From Zero Hedge... Moscow, Baghdad signed huge arms deal. Russia and Iraq, now remember, we were there. We had a stable country, and our previous president was told, do not exit Iraq. If you do, it's going to go into chaos. It did, we did, and it did, and then what happened? The Russians move in to replace all of the blood and all of the sweat that we put into taking care of that country. All right, they've struck a deal on supplying a large batch of T-90 tanks. The number of tanks is substantial. The deal might cover deliveries of several hundred T-90 tanks, and that contract may exceed $1 billion. The T-90 is among the best-selling tanks in the world, known for its firepower, enhanced protection, and mobility. The T-90 features a smoothbore 2A46M 125mm main gun that can fire both armor-piercing shells and anti-tank missiles and the 1A45T fire control system. Very, very advanced technology. It's a lethal weapon. That is the one I believe that they're also trying to fit with nuclear arms. Remember that article a few months ago where they're actually making, and I think it was the 125 millimeter gun. So this is a serious world we live in, and a lot of it has to do with the bad, bad decisions which were made in the previous eight years. All right, for Mail Online, uh, this is about a week or more so ago, but it's rather funny. I thought I'd kind of throw a little irony into the Islam section. ISIS fighters dress up as women with makeup and padded bras in desperate bid to flee Mosul, but are caught after neglecting to trim their facial hair. <laughs> yes, it, they, they caught them and they're all going to be hung, I guarantee it, or worse. So it was very, very cute. Anyway, Mongolia Today. Marines.military, which is the U.S. Marines. Um, We've reported on this several years in a row. It's 
Time for it again. Conquest 2017 opening ceremony. Conquest is where the Marines and other U.S. military go and join with the Mongols in exercises. This year's conquest took place on 23 July through August 5th, so it ended yesterday. The purpose of conquest is for participants to gain U.N. training and certification through the conduct of realistic peace support operations, as well as increase interoperability and build military-to-military relationships. The relationship between the U.S. and Mongolia is strong and grows stronger by the day. We are very conscious and proud that this year marks the 30th anniversary of the opening of diplomatic relations between the two nations. Mongolia is a partner and a friend that punches above its weight in contribution to the global peace and security needed. This is deeply valued and appreciated by the United States. This exercise marks the 15th iteration of Conquest. Approximately 250 U.S. personnel and 600 MAF personnel are expected to participate, along with approximately 300 personnel from 25 other nations. Good stuff. Daniel 12 Technology Today from Jerusalem Online. Facebook shuts down AI program after its bots start to communicate in their own language. Yeah, this is really serious. This is like movie stuff here. Panic ensued when researchers at Facebook realized that two of the company's bots were communicating in a secret language, a gibberish composed of English words but using unfamiliar grammar. The bots were supposed to communicate solely in English but instead created a new language. Their sentences seemed incomprehensible at first, but Facebook AI research found that the bots actually understood the meanings of each other's sentences. One researcher said that the bots can invent internal code words and wander into an internal language, just like human communities do when they create a language. Another said that the bots developed the language as a result of programming error that actually gave them an incentive to create a more efficient language. That is really scary, that if you have AI and you're letting it in control of, like, remember a week or so ago I did the one on taking care of the Russian uh, armament? You're just going to have the AIs deciding who to shoot, and then they develop their own language and decide they don't need any of the humans? This is all right out of the movies, and this is happening in the world today. Very scary. USA Today. NASA is hiring. You may have seen this. I'll give you a little comment at the end. NASA is hiring a planetary protection officer to protect Earth from alien harm. They're looking for someone with a secret security clearance I left the military with one of those, to ensure alien life or organic constituent and biological contamination doesn't make its way back in a spaceship. This person is responsible for the leadership of NASA's planetary protection capability, maintenance of planetary protection policies, and oversight of their implementation by NASA's spaceflight missions. Candidates must have advanced knowledge of planetary protection experience overseeing nationally significant space programs and have demonstrated skills in diplomacy that resulted in win-win solutions during extremely difficult and complex multilateral discussions. It has a six-figure pay of $124,000 to $184,000 annually, and I will tell you that I've watched every single Star Trek. I have had every qualification for this job, and I am applying (laughs) Uh, yeah, see you all later. It's been nice, but I, I'm going to go uh, where no man has gone before. <laughs> Mail online, the life-saving bracelet. This is a great idea. You ever drive down the road and you see a big truck swerve and you think, mm-hmm. oh man, listen to this. The life-saving bracelet that gives tired drivers an electric shock oh, if yeah. they begin to fall asleep at the wheel. 
Its onboard sensors measure changes in heart rate and sweat secretion. A gentle vibration and a yellow warning light reminds users to pay attention. If levels drop further, an electric shock jolts the wearer and a red warning light will flash. And my thought is, this is a pastor's dream come true. I'm going to issue one to everybody in this church. All right, Revelation plagued today. That's a true article, though, that really is something I think is wonderful, and especially for for pastors. Uh, Revelation plagued today. Let's see here. Salon, Yemen is facing the worst cholera outbreak ever recorded in a single year. Those people are really suffering. With over 390,000 cases of cholera in the last three months alone, Yemen is facing the world's worst outbreak of the disease ever recorded in a single year. The rapid spreading of cholera has already killed almost 2,000 people, and it is only the latest issue plaguing the poverty-stricken, war-torn nation. There's much more bad news than good news. Public systems still aren't functioning. Public sector employees still aren't being paid. The health ministries are working valiantly but without support. Yemen's rainy season is between the months of July and September, which will only worsen sanitary conditions and exasperate the outbreak of cholera further. On top of all that, the outbreak is now in all 21 governments, the entire country. And what the rainy season means is that water sources are much more likely to be contaminated by waste industries. So very sad situation. They're human beings. Even if they're Islamic, there ought to be people over there helping them and telling them about Jesus. It's a terrible situation. BBC, this is in the United Kingdom. Health officials start work on gay blood policy change. They did this a year ago. They're doing it again. Uh, Preparatory work is to begin at Northern Ireland's Department of Health to reduce the deferral period for gay men to donate blood. Men who have had sex with men will be able to give blood three months after last sexual activity instead of 12. They went from never to 12, and now they're down to three months. That will only apply in England and Scotland, though, as change will require approval from a health minister. In um, June 2016, the former health minister, Michelle O'Neill, lifted the lifetime ban on gay men donating blood and adopted the 12-month rule. This is really bad news. This is not something that they should be doing, but it's politically correct, and it's going to cause lives. Absolutely. Every weekend, we see this down in the projects every weekend, and we see this type of thing, and You know, it's one of those things that it just should not be allowed. This should not be a part of what we're doing in the world. It is going to cause problems. Anyway, from uh, morality today, I call this the assault on the children. Mail online, the end of pink and blue. Gender-neutral nurseries are now the hottest home decor. Yeah. Okay, searches for gender-neutral nursery have risen 50% on Pinterest, Themes such as wildlife and woodland have replaced cute and cuddly. Color palettes is likely to be gray, white, or earthy. So we no longer want to have a pink bedroom for our girl because somebody will think that we're sexist or, you know, anti-LGBT or something. It's crazy. From Mail Online, controversy as Oregon. Now remember this. Oregon couple are faced to give up their children to social services after they were deemed not intelligent enough to care for their babies. Okay, yes. Now, this is a really, really slippery slope here. This is very, very serious what's going on. You see the pictures of these children with their parents. 
happy children, clean house, all the dishes are on in the right place, but somebody said, you're just not smart enough to have your children. They're going to take them away. Amy Fabrini, 31, and Eric Ziegler, 38, had both of their children taken into foster care. The youngest, right after he was born in the hospital, after taking a required IQ test, Ziegler scored a meager 66 and Fabrini a 72. The IQ of the average person ranges from anywhere from 90 to 100. Domestic abuse and neglect were not factors in the custody case, but didn't need to be, according to a report. Now, you can have some of the dumbest people in the world being the very best parents in the world, and you can have the highest IQ in the world and be a terrible parent. This is a very, very sad thing that they've done. Now, listen to this next article, okay? I just read you about an article from Oregon about them taking away children because they're not smart enough. CNN, transgender man gives birth to a boy. Tristan Reese, a transgender man living in Portland, Oregon, has given birth to a boy with his partner of seven years, Biff Chaplow. Their son, Leo Murray Chaplow, was born July 14th. They are going to allow that type of a home to have a child where a person has said, I'm a man and is growing a beard as a female that's still a female but becoming a man has a child, and they're going to say, this is good for the child, and yet they're going to take away children from a home that has perfectly normal functioning other than parents who aren't very smart. This is the world that we're in, and it is very, very serious. All right, next thing that's going to happen is if you believe in Jesus Christ, that he's the only way, the truth, and life, you can't have children anymore because you're indoctrinating your children into something that is socially unacceptable. You think I'm kidding? Wait three years, okay? I know I held up five fingers, but I, yeah, yeah, a year and a half. That's right. It's coming soon to a a home near you. Believe me. All right, Uh, Breitbart. Department of Justice argues Congress, not courts, makes sexual orientation decisions. Good job. The Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit Court has decided to rehear and bank the case where a plaintiff claims that when Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 forbids employers from discriminating on the basis of sex, the word sex includes sexual orientation. Parallel cases also argue that sex includes gender identity and transgender issues. In recent years, lawyers for liberal activist groups shifted from their perennial efforts to amend federal civil rights laws to declare sexual orientation and gender identity to be specially protected categories like race, arguing now that legislative changes are not needed. This was all done under a previous president because current laws against sex discrimination already cover those newer social disputes. Under Obama, Holder, and Lynch, the DOJ adopted those positions. On 26 July, just recently, Trump Sessions DOJ reversed course, arguing that the words of Title VII have the same dictionary meanings today that they had in 1964, and that homosexuality and transgenderism are not specifically protected legal categories. Thank you for reason. DOJ's legal brief explains the U.S. submits that the en banc court should reaffirm its settled precedent holding consistent with the longstanding position of the Department of Justice that Title VII does not reach discrimination based on sexual orientation. It goes on defining sex to mean biological sex determined by factors such as DNA and anatomical features. Correctly reflects the plain meaning of the statute, the overwhelming weight and reasoning of the case law, and the clear congressional ratification of that interpretation. Reason coming out of our White House. Just imagine if Hillary had 
If Hillary had won, we would be so far down this path, we would never recover. We have the a man who was appointed by God for this time in our history. For whatever comes of it, the entire country may collapse tomorrow, but he has appointed him for whatever purpose he has decided, and Donald Trump is doing exactly what the Bible would ask us to do with all of the forces of the world against him. I am so thankful that we have this man in the White House right now. Including having Bible studies. Including having Bible studies in the White House. That's right. I reported on that about three or four months ago that they were doing that. They've re-brought that article in. It's not actually a new article. It came out this week, but he's been doing that for since they took over the White House. They've been having weekly Bible studies. It is wonderful what's going on. Our other category. Need to know. China. Talk about the movies. It's happening right here. China is using AI, artificial intelligence, to predict who is likely to commit a crime and arrest them before they do it. What was the movie? Minority Report. Everybody remember it? They are doing this in China now. Much like the film Minority Report, authorities in China want to catch criminals before they have done any wrongdoing. The police in the surveillance state have enlisted the help of AI to determine who is going to commit a crime before it has happened. Li Meng, vice minister of science, said if we use our smart systems and smart facilities well, we can know beforehand who might be a terrorist, who might do something bad. One of the ways China is hoping to peek into the future is with facial recognition from CloudWalk, which is trialing software that gathers data on where people are and what they are doing. Another way that police can use AI to predict crimes is through algorithms that use crowd analysis to detect suspicious patterns of individuals to determine if they are a thief, for example. Okay? If you're a thief, based on your patterns, they're going to come and arrest you and put you in jail, even if you've never done it. Now, that's a real problem because people think of doing bad things all the time that they don't do. People actually prepare to do bad things that they never follow through with because the conscience takes care of it. If we follow that path, we are going to go down a very, very slippery path very quickly. So it's, it's coming soon to a world near you. It's already happening in China. What's that? Isn't that profiling? That's profiling. That's right. That's profiling. Can't have that. Weasel zippers. What could possibly go wrong? Minneapolis Democrat mayoral candidate proposes disarming police of guns. Yes. State rep and Minneapolis mayoral candidate Raymond Den is calling for major policing changes, proposing to take away guns from the majority of officers. He recently won support of the voters at the Democrat Farm Labor Convention and now is caused to disarm police of their side guns. It's garnering major attention. He would be open to officers using other means to protect themselves like a nightstick or pepper spray. Well, my thought is this guy, if he wins, is going to be in the mayor's office and they ought to ban anybody from protecting the mayor's office. No guns to protect the mayor's office ever. Let him have his cake and let him eat it too. All right, from Zero Hedge. NASA confirms falling sea levels for two years. Anybody heard that? No. Oh, no, you haven't. Amidst uh, media blackout on NASA page intended to spread climate alarmism, NASA's own data revealed that worldwide ocean levels have been falling for two years, dropping from a variation of roughly 87.5 millimeters to below 85 millimeters. Oh, isn't that something? You're not hearing that anywhere. But somebody actually went to the NASA site and looked, and it's right down there, and they forgot to hide that one. Mail online. 
Sessions intensifies crackdown on sanctuary cities by refusing grant money. If you haven't heard that, they're already being sued over it. The Justice Department said it will crack down on sanctuary cities. Grant money will not be awarded to cities that do not help federal agents deport jailed illegal immigrants. Conditions apply to Justice Department program that provides police departments money. The new requirements will apply for cities seeking the grant in September. Good job, good job, and I'm sure that it will not be able to be implemented because some liberal judge will throw it out, but that's where we're at right now. I got a last work for you today. It's actually done by his wife, Kathy. It's not based on an article. It's just about the Lord's return. Jesus is coming again to take us from this world of sin. I really can't wait. He's right at the gate, and the peace is about to begin. And if you notice, the, uh, the, uh, it's a pun because peace is going to begin for us, but the world would be saying peace and safety when there is no peace and safety. Yeah. So she made a little pun there. Very good yeah. job, Kathy. Got an irony of the week here for you. Actually, I've got two from New York Daily. These follow the same pattern, so uh, you'll, you'll catch it. Utah woman killed on Alaska cruise was slain during murder mystery dinner show. Yes, when the passengers aboard the Emerald Princess cruise heard the first in a string of announcements regarding a death on the ship, some thought it was actually part of the show that they were in. So that's ironic there. And then same thing from uh, Mail Online in China. Audience claps as talent show host collapses live on air, unaware that it was not a part of the act. So they're all applauding her poor girl collapsing. That's your irony there. So such is the world we live in, and from Sarasota, Florida, to Ulan, Batar, Mongolia, and Elizabeth Park, South Australia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.